and welcome to the Legal and Governance Hub podcast show. I'm your host, Golnaz Raja. I started this podcast to share my experience and knowledge of governance, risk management and regulation, and why these are particularly necessary for startups and fintechs. With growing pressure on the need for companies to make profit and remain sustainable, from my professional experience, governance and risk plays a huge part in the long-term success and viability of a company. We hope you enjoy our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's begin. Hi, everybody. I'd like to welcome today Victoria McDonald from Manor Bridge Investment Management. I'd like to introduce you to um, Victoria. We've initially met via Albright, an all-female networking group for entrepreneurs as well as successful executives and people within senior management positions. The kind of work that Victoria does is that she works for a, a private client wealth management boutique investment business. Hi, Victoria. Hello, hi. Would you like to tell everyone what you do and what your business does? Because I understand that you're a co co founder with them. Absolutely, yeah. We launched Manor Bridge nearly two and a half years ago, and um, we look after individuals, trusts, charities, and manage their money for them by investing in bespoke portfolios based on their objectives and risk profile and build something completely around them to cater for them, not just now, but hopefully forevermore and into retirement particularly kind of during covid and the pandemic have you found that more people have been more interested in investments and wanting to find out about how they can diversify their earnings if you like rather than just kind of relying on their day job or have you found there's been a sort of more um, skepticism around it I'd say the former from our point of view, we've certainly had a number of new clients come across. Some have been perhaps with other investment managers and during lockdowns have had the headspace to actually look at their portfolios, look at the performance, perhaps look at the pensions that they've got lying around and, you know, finally getting around to the admin of it and perhaps looking for for a new home for their money. Um, We've also had a few clients where they've had savings in cash that, you know, with interest rates set to be low for the foreseeable, you know, looking at options of how they can make better returns on their money. And with the market falling so significantly last year, I think that sort of opportunity to uh, to get in at a lower level, um, some investors jumped at it. So, yeah, it's been it's been surprisingly good, actually, this last year. Yeah, I think also people probably have a lot more savings as well to to play with. And they're thinking more about kind of what they can do with it rather than it just being sat in the bank or with the building society, not necessarily generating any any income from that and um, also spending a, a lot less. I think certainly from my perspective, I've definitely been thinking a lot about kind of where can I where can my money get me really? You know, how far can it reach and what can I do with it? And um, I've certainly been thinking a lot about investments and from my perspective because I work I, I run a corporate governance business as well as a legal consultancy so a lot of the work that I do is kind of helping firms be more open-minded about their governance practices and accountability and and actually the piece around sort of environmental factors and the social side and employment matters mm-hmm. and I think something that struck me about investments is is the ESG rating that they have around some of those areas and is that something that you have found investment providers are now sort of more conscious of or even people looking to invest in those types of products 
Definitely, yes. Investing in ESG products used to mean sacrificing some of your performance, but that just isn't the case now. There's not only increased demand from clients, but there's also supply of different products. I think um, investing mindsets have changed. So company with strong management and governance who look after their shareholders well, look after their employees well, should hopefully feed through to, you know, better profits and more sustainable returns. It's such a broad topic and there's such a breadth of investments from the e side with solar and wind and alternative energies, but also to the more S&G with funds offering positive impact and resource efficiency, financial inclusion. It's definitely a conversation we're having more and more with clients who Mm. perhaps have their savings, but want part of that to produce a positive effect on the environment. Yeah, I I think definitely it seems to be something that's really on the rise. And I think big players such as Deliveroo and and Uber are certainly becoming much more conscious of it, particularly what we've seen recently with the Deliveroo IPO. And we did a case study on it, actually, in terms of the three elements of ESG and and what that meant. And I I think investors are really looking for like the sustainability of the business model and and how that looks, particularly if, you know, you've got things like judicial decisions that that are outstanding about kind of employee status. Is that going to completely flip the business model? on its head what does that mean for employee rights what does that mean from a cost perspective and I think also who's that kind of running the show and, and who's who is the CEO and what what influence does that CEO have on the chairman or the chairwoman of the business and also things like how much voting rights so that I think that was one of the issues with Deliveroo the CEO had huge voting rights still even though he became a minority shareholder and I think a lot of these things are kind of impacting big investment decisions by some of the bigger players but I think individually I think people are definitely a lot more conscious I think they're, they're looking to prioritize purpose alongside profitability so even people want to invest or even people want to work for companies that are just have more purpose to them I think and I think that makes it a bit more easier to make a, a decision and I wonder if you found that with some of your clients where they've said is there an investment that is purpose-led or it's got that social element to it rather than just kind of getting me the best return obviously that is the end goal but is that element sort of discussed with the client at all or are they considering it more than before? Yes, I think so. There are, and there's a number of funds out there that sort of tick that box and look into it. We did mention um, the ratings agents before and, you know, they are so broad. There are numerous rating agencies and each fund manager has their own way of looking at it. So you do have to be quite careful about investing in ESG, but there's so much option out there now. Um, It's quite timely that we're having this conversation. You mentioned Deliveroo already, because this week... um, There are shareholder meetings for Aston Martin and Hothschild Mining, and both are expected to have a bit of a shareholder revolt on executive pay um, Mm. due to diversity and holding um, management to account. The uh, Hothschild Mining issue, actually, there was sadly a a death at um, at one of their mines in Peru. But despite this, the chief, uh, the executive annual bonus is linked to health and safety. And he was due, due to get a bonus, whereas investors think, you know, that should be cut to zero probably quite rightly so um so I do think that that engagement is really important that's where sometimes the screens are a bit difficult if you're sort of leaving out companies because they don't tick certain ethical or um, ESG Mm -hmm. boxes 
if you don't have shares in that company, you don't have a say, you know, you can't take part in the meetings, you can't be part of the discussion. So it's, um, yeah, it's a very grey area of, of how you approach it. Yeah, and I think the pandemic has definitely kind of spurred that on, hasn't it? I think it, it on the one hand, it's kind of spurred on, right, Where how far can my money get me? And on the other hand, it's like, well, we've just gone through a pandemic and we want to really, you know, work with companies or invest in companies or, you know, as an individual, I want to put my money with a company that is actually quite ethical. And if they're going mm. through a tribunal proceedings or court proceedings or they're, or they've got you know status issues over their employees or how employees are being treated then I think you know it does make people think twice because I think that social element of how the company's kind of treating its employees and and kind of how how does that translate into how they're actually treating their shareholders and are they trustworthy I think some of those issues are definitely coming up but I think another big area sort of with investments is kind of the role of of women in investments and and actually how much information they have how much knowledge they have and whether they're sort of being catered to um, in the market you know or educated about some of these areas that they may not be quite familiar with or have no idea who to invest with or why they should be investing. How do you think that that piece could be more made available for women and more kind of open for them to sort of explore some of these things? The media in finance is sort of aimed towards men currently and I think that's down to the language that's spoken I think it's down to companies targeting a certain demographic and obviously we're so aware of the gender pay gap as it is you know this is only compounded when once women are earning they're not always investing the money so come to retirement the gap between men and women is hundreds of thousands of pounds so like you say is having that initial meeting and and on top of that perhaps having you know your own funds that you have control of because life doesn't always go the way we plan and you know divorces happen and it's always important to to have control of your finance and it's empowering as well you know being on top of these things there are lots of things women can do depending on their budgets and how much they want to invest you know at the top end you can hire someone like me to to do it for them but with smaller amounts of money there are robo advisors out there that are pretty good to you know get access to investments like wealthify um nutmeg and moneybox to name just a few that are really easy to use and you can round up savings and do all sorts of clever stuff you know the, the best thing is to get started early really i'm sorry you mentioned there was um so some of those companies and about kind of doing it yourself how would you say um they kind of support with that in terms of that initial step do they deal with quite large investments or are they generally to start off with fairly small so that you can build your portfolio and gain more confidence doing it is that the idea behind it yeah the robo advisors will basically you'll go online or use the app they'll often do a bit of a risk questionnaire about you know how you feel about risk and they'll pop out with a pre-made diversified portfolio for you so it and it does allow smaller sums to you know get on the finance journey and um and start saving the next option up is you know you can choose the investments yourself but you have to have a depth of knowledge to be able to do that and then you know someone like me from Manor Bridge to invest the money for you. 
In terms of the um, the governance around organisations, particularly in some of these investment firms, do you feel that they themselves are quite balanced in terms of gender as well, in terms of what you see on the board? Or would you say that even for some of the larger investment firms, it's more of that culture of, well, men know best what to do with money? I think our industry is growing and changing like every other. I think we are clearly are behind the curve when it comes to diversity and women and all those things but I'm in full support of women coming into finance and joining our career I think it's a brilliant job and I love it and our clients are wonderful and so I've been going into um, schools every so often and talking because when it comes to finance there are so many different roles as well you know for the more analytical less socially minded people you could be an analyst or you know if you if you enjoy solving things for individuals and a bit more personable perhaps there's you know a wealth manager like me there's such a breadth of of jobs that you can do but um but no it is you know it's very much horses for courses sometimes women like a woman investment manager to speak to perhaps you feel more comfortable perhaps they are more approachable but everybody's different you know it, it really is a trust thing and a personality match I think definitely at the moment you're hearing things about blockchain Mm. and about and about investments such as cryptocurrency and bitcoin and that kind of thing and I think with those areas they're a lot less regulated so and I think people are there are some people that are thinking well this is not government regulated there isn't much control over this the FCA doesn't have much um, knowledge about this or doesn't really have much control over this do you think that some of those areas are a bit more uncertain or or more risky or do you think that they're actually quite a good starting point for some people that generally don't have much of an idea of what they're doing but they're looking to get into something quite new and niche? So everyone's got an opinion on this haven't they? I would say from my side I think Bitcoin is is, and cryptocurrencies are talked about by everybody and you know some people out there believe themselves to be experts I think there's a real um disparity on actually the risk tolerance of individuals and and what bitcoin and how it moves I think for a long you know for a little while it'll be on an upward trajectory and everybody's piling in and you know investors forget that that's not going to happen forever you know nothing goes up in a straight line for a long time mm-hmm. and um and it's yeah I think it's that that risk understanding in Bitcoin, you know, the FCA doesn't cover it and their warning is you can lose all of your money. And I think investors out there need to be aware of that. I saw a bus go by the other day that said, you know, if you see Bitcoin on the side of a bus, that's when you should invest. And I thought, no, that's exactly when you shouldn't invest. You know, you are late to the party and the party's probably over by that point. Um, Yeah. I would say, you know, standard risk advice, make sure you have paid off your debts, make sure you've got your rainy day fund and then start thinking about investing. Bitcoin to me is is so volatile and we like to invest in companies with a balance sheet and a history that you can look at and it's all very tangible and, you know, you can make an opinion whether you think that company is going to be profitable or produce revenues for the next 10 years. At the very basis, Bitcoin doesn't have an intrinsic value you know it's it's my argument against your argument of what you think it's worth so in that nature it's, it's very speculative I would say it's you know incredibly high risk and yeah I, I probably wouldn't advise going there for the first, <laughs> first point of call 
Uh, yeah, I think I think I find it quite intriguing, and I think I think the reason why I find it intriguing is probably because I think I was reading an article about it, and it it was almost like what the writer was saying was that it isn't really linked to any kind of volatility in the market. It's not no. linked to any political issues or social issues or any kind of issue really. It's either going to go up or it's just going to go crashing down the value of it mm. whatever that may be there's nothing controlling it there's absolutely nothing um monitoring it you've got no government influence over it and i think people that like that decentralized way of working or you know operating it's probably something that is quite appealing for them but i think you're absolutely right i think if you've got the funds to do it then you should do it if you if you know if you've got enough for a rainy day and you're just kind of dabbling then probably mm. worth exploring it for a bit but not if you're putting out absolutely everything or everything's riding on it. <laughs> absolutely. You should only ever risk money that you can afford to lose. And um, like you say, it's mm. once sentiment can change and some people start selling, it's a fortuitous, you know, other people start selling and then suddenly the price absolutely crashes and it hurts. Um, I do, I, you know, I think the technology is absolutely revolutionary. I think cryptocurrencies as an idea is fascinating and and I, I, it probably is the future but it will be the future from governments making it and banks you know the biggest banks in the world I, i'd fail to believe that bitcoin is the finished product yeah absolutely i think in terms of the this series that we're doing it's all about kind of founders and 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 actually so far it's been female founders which has been which has been fantastic and you mentioned at the start that you've been running your business um for the last two years and I've asked each founder this question which is how have you found it what has what have been the ups what have been the downs and and how do you kind of see your business what's the next three-year projection for it oh that is a great question I mean the excitement of, of you know creating the company in the first place and choosing branding and, and offering something you know hopefully pretty unique to our clients and and stability for the rest of our careers was really exciting and then i think another plus you know coming out of last year unscathed and profitable and you know in a really strong position it was a good test i think for any new business especially one invested in the stock market to go through um 30 drops like there were in in march last year so so that's all really positive hardest things do you know i don't want to focus on the pandemic too much and everybody's different but i've certainly found it quite hard working from home on my own i'm quite a social being and I, I definitely get my energy from people and um yeah I've sort of missed my colleagues and missed the office and this you know lovely environment we've created and nice culture um so I have found that a bit tough next three years I don't know how you're finding it but I still think it's a little a little uncertain at this point mm. you know do we do we keep an office full time for the next three years I suspect we will I think it's really useful to have a base and for some of our clients to come and see us and um you know a, a stable address and but no it does make you reassess options and I think lots of companies out there have made decisions to become more nimble and um, more flexible so we've definitely as directors been discussing you know what we want from the company but mm. um we haven't reached a, a final conclusion yet I'm afraid mm. <laughs> but I think yeah, no I think more flexibly is definitely you know Key. yeah absolutely I think for me it's probably a bit early to say because I, I literally set mine up during the pandemic wow that's so, <laughs> so impressive 
<laughs> probably um, not normally would not be advisable, but I think you know it's. I think being home a lot has given me the time to actually focus on on doing this. Whereas I think before I probably just wouldn't have devoted yeah. the amount of time that I have to it. So I think in a way for me it's been, yeah, it's been hard because obviously we haven't been able to interact as much as before. But it's actually helped me to really focus on it and mm. and 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 really grow it and even think about sort of other business ideas even before I've even grown my current ones so wow um, I, <laughs> That's it. I think um, uh, crises do spark entrepreneurship and you know that's yeah. exciting and I think certainly when I when, when I had a, a conversation with, with another lady and we, and we were saying that you know I think it, this is definitely a time where for women it's they're given the opportunity to either or the confidence really to either stand up for themselves and their rights and what they want to achieve either in in employment as a worker um with more kind of responsibility more respect whatever it may be but actually give i think it's given women a bit more confidence to actually set up their own businesses um mm. because they've either been forced to do it or because they've lost their job or whatever whatever mm. it may be but i think it's definitely been a, a great opportunity for some of the roles to change a bit and for there to be a bit more equality i think so i think it's it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting time and I, and I hope that we see that trajectory of kind of employee rights kind of more um coming out more and I think also even in the workforce in terms of governance and diversity and all those things that perhaps the pandemic has kind of shone a light on really so I think it's been an interesting a difficult but very interesting year and great to see what's going to happen with it really. I agree I wonder whether employees will vote with their feet like shareholders have that we discussed earlier you know I wonder whether the companies that are inflexible and you know expect everyone back to the office nine to five Mm. five days a week I wonder whether you'll see employees leave those firms and you know join more well-rounded open-minded flexible who knows? It will be interesting. It will be, definitely. Well, it was very lovely to speak to you, Victoria, and great to find out about your business. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you and, for having um, me. Best of luck with the business. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Legal and Governance Hub podcast show today. If you know anyone who could benefit from our podcasts, please share this with them. If there are any topics you would like covering, DM me or leave me a comment below. If your organisation could benefit from consultancy and training, please visit legalgovernancehub.com for more information. Big thanks to everyone supporting and producing this podcast. That's it for today. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time.